0: The following podcast will contain spoilers, tangents, hot takes, and excessive foul language. Viewer discretion is advised. Enjoy the show.
1: horror fans and welcome to episode 247 of Frightmares. I'm your host Austin Proctor and joining me today across the table is my co-host Corey Johnson. Heyo, heyo, heyo. We are talking about The Void today and we actually have a super special guest. Mr. Aaron Poole, star of The Void. How are you doing today?
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, I appreciate your time. Um, It's going to be a fun episode. We have a lot of questions, I'm sure. I know I do. I'm sure Corey does. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I have at least a handful. A handful of questions. (laughs) Um, So, Mr. Aaron Poole, from what I can gather online, you know, my small research here, you've got about 88 acting credits from 1995. To 2024, you've been in things like The Conspiracy, Copper, The Captive, Strange Empire, one episode of Shits Creek, which, which is <laughs> Which
0: hilariously. So
1: I like
0: I have been trying to get my partner into horror movies as we have been together this past year. Um some yeah. of them, some of them she hates, can't stand it. But while we were watching, yeah. while we were watching the voyage, she was like, "Oh, I'm having so much fun with this." And there were a couple shots, like a couple long shots of you. And every time there was one of those long shots, she would get this look on her face, like squint her eyes and kind of cock her head, like she was trying to recognize you. And she goes, and she goes, what has this guy been in? So I I start scrolling through your IMDb and she's like, no, none of those, none of those. And then I finally get down to Shit's Creek and I'm like, well, he was in one singular episode of Shit's Creek. And she goes, that's where I fucking know him from. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. What a
2: crossover.
1: Yeah, yeah, the crossover. Yeah, <laughs> you got your long hair in Shits Creek. You're this this, this goofy guy. You're, I love the role of that guy in Shits Creek. I wish they wish they brought you back for more on. <laughs> um, it was actually I ended up
2: pissing off all the all the producers doing that because I I ended up getting on another show which was a lot uh, a lot bigger so they had to write me out and uh, <laughs> I, in one of those in one of those shots of Shits Creek I'm wearing a fake beard, which I had to pay for myself because I I had shot half of it with the beard, shaved it for this other show. And I had to spend like three thousand dollars get like getting a fake Hollywood. Oh that, that, beard that was gonna it.
0: be my question is how much does a fake yeah. Hollywood beard cost?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. It's but it's it's ended up being a good story, so. Oh my
1: god. Okay. So you've <laughs> yeah. also you've so also, non also, non-horror trivia. Series. I love it. <laughs> you've also <laughs> been in the Forsake in the Void spiral, which I have a question on Spiral just because you were only a voice in that movie. Yeah. How did, did you just know someone that needed an extra, pro, like, how did that come to be for Spiral? Yeah.
2: yeah we, if I, I, you know what, dude, I've never even seen Spiral. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I, so I think that the producer and co-writer asked me in post to fill in.
1: Okay. Uh, for
2: the voice, to do the voice. And, um, and I, I, have never even seen the final version. <laughs>
1: No, that's fair. It's actually Is it good. You, no, it's actually a really good movie, yeah. honestly. And then I and then I remember watching it for the first time, and I heard your voice, and you have a pretty distinct voice, like. And I was like, I know who's on the phone. I'm like, who? The f-? and I looked it up, and I was like, Holy shit, it's Aaron Poole. I was like, I knew it. That's hilarious. Yeah. So like, it's <laughs> just it's so funny that you're you're like a voice in that movie for maybe a minute or so, and like he calls them back and forth, and I was like, I know that yeah. voice. Um, yeah. You were also in The it, it, Empty... It, it was a favor. Oh, it was a favor. Okay. Mm, nice. Okay.
0: Well,
2: yeah, no, and I don't mean to say that, like, I don't mean to frame it as some big favor. Like, I mean to say it was It was just I, somebody who knows me called me up, asked if I'd do it, and I, I said, of course, because I think he's an interesting filmmaker. Yeah. The, 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 the director and producer.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, that, and that's pretty much what I asked. I was like, I was wondering if it was just kind of like a favor. He knew you. So yeah, he knew you. That's perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you were also in the empty man and most dangerous game. So uh, you are a classic and correct me if I'm wrong at any point, because this is just what I found online, but you are a classically trained actor who has been recognized by the Academy of Canadian cinema and television for its leading roles in the beautiful city and strange empire. Um, you also made your directorial debut with a short film called Oracle that premiered at TIFF and went on to screen at Slamdance 2020, on and Palm Springs. And you're supposed to be following that up with a feature called uh, Dada, right? Yeah, I finished, I finished
2: Dada and, uh, and we're, we've got it out to festivals now.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw you on uh, Instagram or somewhere where you had a wide shot of your your screens, and you were saying it feels so good to finish this movie or or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. I tried to find Oracle, but it, you know, I, I, I can't really find it anywhere. I really wanted to watch it before we did the episode, but it's not really. It's-
2: I'll send it to you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, no need to do a deep dive into research. And I mean, all of that sounds uh, way more. I don't know, baby and fancy
1: that I actually, uh, actually am. <laughs> I mean, it's just me and my cat. Really. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw a, uh, like a trailer for it and I was like, Oh cool. I found the trailer, but I couldn't actually find it anywhere. So yeah, if you, if you'd like to send that to me, I would love to watch it and, uh, yeah. and, and to check it out. That'd be, that would be amazing. Cool. All right. Cool. cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your acting background. Like I said, y- you are classically trained. If I'm, if I'm correct.
2: Yeah. I mean, all that means is that I, I uh, spent three years in theater school doing a lot of. Uh, a lot of Shakespeare and then I uh, was quickly dis- disillusioned <laughs> upon graduation that uh, the theatre the theater companies in Toronto felt a lot like being on a hockey team and since I was avoiding like macho environments I got the fuck out of there <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and tried my hand at, uh, at like, the schlocky indie uh, film scene in Toronto which has been fun man really as I say scrappy but fun and it got me um, It got me involved with a lot of cool projects with Du Bois and Conspiracy and things like that.
1: Okay. And was this something you always wanted to do? Was Was acting just like a number one thing for you or did you kind of just like find your way to it? I sort of found my way to it. Um,
2: I think I, I, I was sent to like a music theater camp and I couldn't sing and I couldn't dance and I wasn't really interested in doing either. <laughs> but you know, there were a lot of cute girls at the summer camp and, and uh, ended up going to a high school where um, a lot of those people attended and, uh, and kind of fell into it and then fell in love with it.
1: Fell in love with it, okay. So uh, yeah. so so what do you like about acting, Aaron? like what, what does it do for you?
2: I, I mean, it, it's like a non-intellectual way to embody other ideas. So I don't have to debate things. I can, as much as possible, assume another perspective, consider it for the, whatever the period of that gig is, and then move on. And I I've I found it's a really way uh, interesting way to just explain were other parts of the world, other sort of, as they say, alternative perspectives. I mean, that for me is the juice.
1: Okay, that
0: was. That was an answer. Yeah. That yeah, was that, that, such that, a great answer. That was that was surprisingly <laughs> profound. That was yeah. <laughs> wow. Surprisingly, because I've been so much shit. Well, well no, no. You're like how more... is this guy?
2: How's this guy? Get no, this so than... so
0: more so because so one of the things that I mentioned about you in the void. Is you have a very like blurry line of playing things like very straight with a mixture of after now talking to you for a few minutes of what your actual personality is, (laughs) which is, which is, which is kind of loose and fun. And it's, it's really, it's really interesting to get that answer from you with that kind of back and forth yeah. it's to, to <laughs> me it almost sounds like the opposite of method acting like you just let it happen to you it comes out and then you move on <laughs> so it's it's a really cool yeah. thing to hear because you always hear about oh this guy you know he spent six months in character and made everybody and for you yeah. it's just like no it, it, it's just fun it's a it's a fun thought experiment <laughs> yeah like, i'm just good yeah. at what I, i'm just good at what i do yeah <laughs>
2: Uh, Only sometimes, only sometimes. And I do think that the method approach is super interesting because you get to go deep into the perspective. So it's like, it's not just like an intellectual thing. It's like something that you embody. And So that for me is what, uh, I mean, I think it's an an interesting approach. It's like you research, you feel out the character. And I mean, obviously when you're dealing with a horror movie like The Void, I mean, challenge was to discover horrors beyond, not to say for you guys, but the challenge is to find horrors beyond imagination. So how the hell do you method something like that? Yeah. And also how do you even create something like that in your imagination? If it's supposed to be beyond the realm of human, uh, comprehension. So that, that for me, posed like a really interesting challenge and kind of drove, I think all of us to a certain extent, a little crazy. Um, but, but it's, you know,
0: it's all fun. And it's funny that you mentioned driving us all a little bit crazy because there are just like micro sequences of the movie where you're like, yeah, no, they were sick of doing this scene, (laughs) but it it almost adds to the anxiety of the movie because you guys can, yeah. you can tell that you guys just want to be out of this situation in whatever you're in at the moment. And it plays into the realism of the movie. I feel that's awesome.
2: I, it would be so fun to do like a commentary with somebody who wasn't there alongside somebody who was and to see where the assumptions meet up with reality. Because it, 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 I mean, it's there's probably a bunch of things that you're picking up on that um, I, I wouldn't have thought would be seen.
1: That's fair. I mean, Cor- Corey is Corey is pretty astute with his observations. Um, i I'm,
0: I'm the I love n- it. I'm the nitpicker of this show. <laughs> like my, my my I love it. I I love going into like okay like what what were they do actually doing behind the camera during this to get this type of sequence happening?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah well I mean certainly if you've got any specific moments you want to ask about I can try to remember.
1: okay no we we definitely have yeah. some for sure once we get to the void uh, yeah we we definitely have a few that were uh, you know we, we've got questions um I did want to ask though, do you have anything upcoming that we could be excited for? You know, looking out for anything in the future. Well, I mean, there's
2: uh, there's always things in the pipe. You never know what is actually going to come alive. Um, I'm working with this newer director, Peter Hartsock. We shot a short for him last year called The Brothers B C that I think is now ready to festival. Um, so that's something I've acted in. Okay. There's rumors of Most Dangerous Game 3, um, nothing uh, definite. I haven't even seen 2 yet. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of uh, stuff in. Uh, and then my film, Data, uh, that I wrote and directed, is not horror-related, even though it um, sort of is pegged up by some of the tropes. Um, and that's, that's about a father and a daughter, on a on a vacation to a cabin next to a nuclear power plant, and the girl starts to pretend that she can't see her dad, and it fucks up kind of the power dynamic in the relationship.
0: Interesting. So it's kind of like,
2: yeah, it's, that it's, that it's strikes there.
0: me as horror adjacent. Yeah, so horror it, adjacent. It, it counts exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly
2: that. It's not one of these like um, sort of exploit horror tropes to kind of keep people engaged in art. It's. It, it's about how we communicate So um, okay. Anyways yeah it's Something to Something to look out for
1: Alright Alright yeah. I like that I like Certainly that not. So segueing into Kind of Horror-esque stuff are, are you Like I know you've been in some Some good horror movies Like but Are you a horror fan yourself Like do you enjoy Watching horror movies Yeah I mean I I'm definitely
2: not Sort of Digging for stuff in like deeply in the crate, Um, you know, we're fortunate enough to have uh, a vinegar syndrome outlet in Toronto that I was in the other day. And, you know, I I would say like 95% of the titles are things that I'm unfamiliar with. And would probably only watch if it was, a, it was programmed at like sort of an event that I was attending. Um, but, it, you know, because I'm not like, I, I don't have a natural fascination for like, like old gore and stuff like that. I do really like yellow films. I haven't seen a ton of what was made, but you know, I've, I've maybe checked out 30 or 40. Um, but I do I like to me, Desert island horror flick would be under the skin, so that that is controversial to say because it's you know maybe it's horror maybe it's not. Um,
0: so that that's the type of fan I am. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's, right. that's a it's a really interesting pick too. That is an interesting pick because that's an A
1: twenty four joint with um, uh, Scarlett Johansson who lures men into this warehouse where she completely annihilates them and wow you have a vinegar syndrome like brick and mortar store in toronto yeah
2: yeah yeah it opened
1: up like a year ago maybe
2: um yeah we're really fortunate i mean the horror community is great toronto it's pretty diverse in terms of the size and budget i mean with del toro setting up camp here i think it's really like uh invigorated that like
1: ecosystem well, I th- so we got like vinegar
2: syndrome on one end, and Del Toro making movies and shows on the other.
1: I think it's great that you mentioned that you mentioned vinegar syndrome because I'm a huge advocate for for like you know physical media and just yeah. goofy like horror films from whatever you know decade. But you mentioned that Del Toro has set up shop in Toronto. Is is that just where he is now filming stuff? Yeah yeah
2: yeah i i, I he likes Canada uh he feels safe here and uh he and his family have um a home uh, i think I think they're here full time pretty much and uh, I know a lot of studio space is devoted to the projects that he's either directly making wow. or um it's somehow part of producing
1: I mean that makes sense you know i i I would feel much more safer in Canada than I would here in America yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean there's just certain yeah
1: exactly <laughs> yeah not, no. not getting into politics yeah. No, no, yeah yeah no not even getting into politics yeah <laughs> I, I would definitely feel uh, have a uh, sister-in-law who lives in canada and i'm like one of these days i'm just gonna come up there and join you because seriously i'm so tired of it down here but that's crazy i had no idea that del toro was uh setting up camp there so speaking on del toro real quick kind of kind of a rabbit trailing here. Did you watch any of his um, Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix?
2: Yeah, I haven't even seen David Pryor, uh, uh,
1: his episode yet,
2: but I've I've heard a lot about that. I think The Autopsy was the second one or
1: something like that. Yeah, The Autopsy Um, was fucking crazy. Oh my god. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I've I've heard really good things about it. I've just been so busy making um, my my film but I kind of disappeared from the uh,
1: you know no that's fair that's I'm fair just,
2: behind in my watching um but yeah what did you what did you think of it? which was your favorite episode
1: so my favorite episode was actually uh, by panos cosmatos and it was called the viewing oh, great. and okay yeah panos cosmatos is a fucking visionary who oh yeah, my he's god incredible He is incredible, and his episode was just so, it was almost like a Quentin Tarantino movie. There was so much, like, dialogue and so much going on, and then all of a sudden, like, the third act hit, and you're like, okay, this is what we're doing. Got it. Um, And it just went full tilt, like, bonkers. And, like, yeah, yeah, Cabin of Curiosity was a very good Del Toro venture. I truly hope he does more because, you know, he's a very talented filmmaker and he brought on a lot of good people that did a lot of good stuff. Mm -hmm. Like every single one of those, you know, shorts, movies, whatever you want to call them were just absolutely fascinating. So when you can, and again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us goobers, but (laughs) you know, when you can, no, no, it's fun. It's fun to reflect. Yeah, I will. I'll check it out. Yeah. When you can check it out. Um, so Since you do, you know, enjoy some horror movies, you mentioned Vinegar Syndrome. Do you happen to remember, like, what your first experience with horror movies were? You know, like, that first thing you saw maybe on cable, maybe someone rented it. Do you happen to remember your first experience with horror? I know, I'm getting deep here with the questions, I'm sorry.
2: No, no, it's fine. I, 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 see, I grew up in a village without, like, it had one television channel, so there wasn't access in the same way. Um,
1: Okay.
2: But there, but there was a a VHS copy of Poltergeist that had come on to pay, pay per view. And, and so it was taped from cable. And so I watched that to death. That's amazing. yeah, so that was really cool and very early. And then there was like horror comedy, like Hold That Ghost with Abbott and Costello. So that that kind of opened up, interestingly, like the, the kind of um, old monsters. Yeah. Um, like through them, because a lot of, I think Lon Chaney was in a lot of those Abbott and Costello things. And so that created a bit of a kind of an awareness and a fascination. and uh, And then Jaws of course was an early yes. watching that ruined water water
1: for me forever you know jaws weirdly made me scared of like swimming pools which made no sense it was a completely irrational fear that i had of swimming pools but i was like i can't even get into any body of water because of fucking jaws see and i was
0: already oh, yeah i was already afraid of water so <laughs> jaws is like yeah now i just Dude. don't have to <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it becomes this excuse. Yeah, yeah, I know. Fresh water in Canada, like, like any any unknown underneath the edge I, I still can't do. It's, it's
1: yeah, amazing.
2: Any- <laughs> it's amazing that a film can have that effect. <laughs>
1: And especially for us in Florida, you know, we, we have, we have gators down here. So like anytime yeah. I would go into a lake or a river, I'm like, nah, I can't fucking do this. There's mm-hmm. no way. Plus we're mm-hmm. the
0: shark bite capital of the world, Of the world, <laughs> new a beach. Oh, Hello. God. Yeah.
1: So Yeah. Um. Yeah. Alright, so you are you Okay, so Poltergeist, that's a good first experience Now, if you're watching horror, Like, if, if you are going to Go watch a horror movie Is there any genre that you're like Alright, I'm going to this genre Or is it just, you know, come as they may Like, wh- what is it for you if you're gonna go watch a horror movie
2: I mean It is kind of like the stuff that People fight about online Like, I, I'm not into The A24 branded, like Elevated horror as a Commercial device thing. Okay. But I do really like, you know, they're shining. Um, I, I, mean, I, I am, like I said, under the skin. Um, an earlier type of horror that I'm interested in is Night of the Hunter, but again, debatable whether that's horror or not. Is okay. that horror adjacent?
1: But it's that that kind of shit that is really interesting to me. I'm sorry, I keep swearing. I, no, yeah. you can swear as much as you yeah. like. We, we'll okay. say fuck shit, right, whatever. Great. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> great, all right. Perfect. No, you're fine. No, the, shine, the Shining is definitely one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It has become a favorite of mine over the years. Um, and it's funny yeah. that you say you don't like, you know, the elevated horror. I mean, Under the Skin is an A24, so. Oh, no, fully. I,
2: I mean, I, I guess I mean elevated horror as a commercial device the way it's being used now but uh, okay. the fact is like I, like elevated horror is what i gravitate towards i'm super interested in in movies that are a little bit aware of like what creates the monster okay. um you know not not something so meta like the new screen films um but uh you know under the skin is is a perfect example of the stuff
1: I like. No, that is, that is a that is a very good example. You say that, and everyone on this podcast that listens will know exactly what yeah. you mean. <laughs> great. So great. Yes. Um. So I was gonna I was gonna segue into favorite horror movies, but you kind of you already mentioned that you know the Shining, you know Under the Skin night of the hunter so you've already kind of mentioned that so let's 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 segue into from your favorite horror movies into horror movies that you've actually been in um i want to start with the conspiracy like we were going to focus mainly on the void today and that's what we're going to do but cool yeah but like i love the conspiracy (laughs) i can't not have you on the show and talk to you a little bit about what it was like to make this movie because you were executive producer on this correct
2: yeah, I was I was in from the beginning.
1: So was this something that someone approached you about or that you that, that was your idea? Like how did you get going on on the conspiracy?
0: So Christopher
2: McBride and I went to high school together. He's the writer director. And we we weren't friends at the time, but he years later approached me to be in something that he'd written and I, I had no idea that he was uh, a screenwriter
0: mm-hmm. and
2: interested in direction. Um, um, and so I, I read it, it was this kind of um, film about a film and I think it was partially financed and it ended up falling apart but um, sort of the consequence of that uh, outreach I read five screenplays that he had completed that he'd never shown anyone and each one of them were brilliant in a different way. So this guy is this, it honestly felt to me like striking oil, like this incredible, natural, untapped resource. And so we, none of the films were at a budget that we could get off the ground easily in, in Toronto. And uh, so we just co-created the sort of frame for the conspiracy and then he went off and, and just completely originated it. And the the seed was to build an urban legend, um, to, to see if we could somehow sort of begin, I guess, what would be like a meme. And so the, the idea of the Tarsus Club, um, which in some corners of the internet is still talked about as though it's real, um, I mean, you'd have to look at sort of old YouTube videos to find people with that kind of commentary, but they exist alongside like Bilderberger and things like that, um, or Bilderberg. And uh, and so that was how I became involved and sort of helped it along. And, uh, you know, it just became interesting to us to blur the lines between reality and, and fiction, which nowadays happens naturally. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. I said in my original correspondence with you it's sort of it would almost be irresponsible to make a movie like this nowadays seeing as the the consequence of, of lies and
0: uh, you know yeah. infotainment uh, are so obvious yeah. So (laughs) so you, you had mentioned about blurring the lines between, uh, reality and fiction. And one of the, one of the reasons why the conspiracy is so high up on my list is I am a self-proclaimed, uh, conspiracy theory enthusiast. I love a good conspiracy theory and there are so so many like nuggets of deep, just ingrained conspiracy lore in that movie where I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, they said that because they couldn't actually say what this really was. Um, totally. but in, in all of that, and I, I assume you guys had to do some like extra research on conspiracies just so they made sense cohesively. Did any of that research or any of the consistent speech about conspiracies, did it, did that give you any kind of like, or rather do you, do you like a good conspiracy theory now? Or are you just like, yo, unless I, unless I've got the facts, just it, I'm, I'm not about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a great, it's a great question. I think that we'd have to nowadays look at examples uh, along the spectrum But I, for me, a conspiracy theory is always like an X on a map. Okay. Uh, and you gotta dig in that exact spot further. Um, like I'm, I'm always interested in looking into, and I mean, I am a conspiracy theorist for sure. Um, probably by most people's standards, but, um, I don't spread them without having tried to
1: match the reality.
0: Okay, First. so on... So Yes. No, no, that makes
1: perfect sense. That, On that, that is... same yeah.
0: subject, if you can, what would be your now favorite non-damaging conspiracy? <laughs> so, like, for example, my favorite non-damaging conspiracy is that there is a entrance to the hollow earth in Antarctica. Like, that's not going to hurt anybody. Oh, wow. But it's a, but it's a cool thing yeah. to think about. So do do you have yeah. any of those? <laughs> No, I don't have it, I, because I, I tend towards the damaging ones. <laughs> fair enough, fair
2: enough. <laughs> okay. So, they, like, so do we. I get, yeah, yeah, because the stuff I get behind has conflict, like to our existence. Yeah, and, like, that's And I fair. deal in fantasy and fancy enough. Like, I don't dress up for Halloween because I'm always in fucking costume. So I don't, like, often dally in conspiracy theories unless it feels like current events.
0: Ah, oh, fair and, enough. that is you know that was yeah. no, that was that was
1: that was beautiful. I don't think anyone could have ever explained that better <laughs> That was beautiful. so my my last question on the conspiracy real quick is um so compared to shooting films, you know normally, where you're not looking at the camera, you're not breaking the fourth wall, did you find uh, the conspiracy easier, harder to shoot, you know what I mean? like since you're having to break mm-hmm. the fourth wall, Did you find it more natural or or not? Cool question.
2: Uh, I I, I think it felt very similar because the size of the, not to break the illusion for you, but the size of the crew was similar to any other um, uh, indie film. In that, you know, we had like sort of 15 people doing stuff behind the camera. So I could look at the camera. And I think it was natural from a performance standpoint, but in terms of like the infrastructure as uh, as a producer, it was equal um, in stress and logistics.
1: Interesting. Okay. That was not what I was expecting to be honest. That's why I wanted to ask because I was just wondering, you know, it it must've been, no, it was the same. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's
2: a great, it's a great, it's a great question. I mean, like the, the final act in the mansion yeah, which is tricky because we uh, Jim Gilbert and I would switch off being behind the cinematographer who right. was holding the quote unquote uh, uh,
1: pinhole camera. Yeah, like I I, I, I know you so, guys weren't actually using pinhole cameras, so I, I figured that yeah. had to, that had to have been tough.
2: Yeah, it was like a post effect. I can't. We did use a different camera than we shot the rest of the film on, but I can't remember the name of it. And then there was a post effect like on my lens. Um, I don't know if you picked up, but there's a constant um, sort of flaw in what is my lens. It was partly to identify me as me, so that when we're switching between the edit of Jim's POV and mine, you have at least an unconscious oh, like uh, switch, okay. but also to acknowledge that everything was damaged in the final uh, uh, moments of my character's perspective
1: okay i you know right. i did not notice that and yeah. I, I just watched yeah.
0: that today yeah and now, now it's like well damn now i'm gonna have cool. to go watch this at the after yeah. my oh, shift. oh no I, <laughs> and, oh no <laughs> I, have to, I have to go watch it again and watch aaron pool be a fucking genius Ah, god
1: how fucking terrible is my day i have to go watch this again no that's funny though because like that that is one of the coolest parts of that movie is uh, and it's funny I, i've read And I I read reviews and people are like, oh my God, the last 30 minutes of the movie suck. And I'm like, the last 30 minutes of the movie are so fucking visceral and real. Like that's the whole point of the movie. But some people, I don't know. I don't think some
0: people get it. And and see, (laughs) I, I look at it as that last sequence. And this may not have even been the point, but my, my takeaway from it was, this is what happens when you just chase shit for no real reason. You fuck around and you find out. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Or
0: or to quote my favorite repeated line from the show, The Wire, there you go. Giving a fuck when it's not your turn. Like (laughs) you you just throw yourself into this and you're going to reap the consequences (laughs)
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love... I actually... Of all the films I've made, I think The Conspiracy is my favorite. I think that it's just... I mean, I get why people aren't into it. I know that sound footage is a pain in the ass to a lot of people, but I just think it's interesting filmmaking. Like, Chris McBride is definitely one of the smartest filmmakers I've ever worked with. His imagination is, like, friggin' kaleidoscopic. And, uh... And I and I and I just do think that last act and then the twist is just ingenious.
1: No, it is, and it's funny because like for a found footage film. So I I, I look on this app called Letterbox for my ratings, and for a found footage, yeah. film, or, you know, found footage slash mockumentary, whatever you want to call it, it's got a three Which for oh cool, yeah, for for found footage, it's
0: almost unheard of.
1: That is yeah, mo- wow, yeah, cool. most most found footage like mockumentary is like. 29 and under like 2422 two, but like a 3.0 is such a solid rating to have. So I know there's fans out there of the conspiracy. They just might be shy, you know? They don't they don't they don't want to talk too much about the conspiracies,
0: but or here as, we are as <laughs> as we have experienced a bunch because our at least Austin and I, our main mm. like link up in this podcast is we both have a deep seated and quite possibly unnatural love <laughs> for found footage. So Amazing. so this is one of those movies that yeah. we just super, super linked on.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah we, uh, we, yeah, I, I know I'm,
1: I'm not like most people. And just like you aren't Corey, we, we love found footage. So this is like our bread yeah. and butter and for it to be about conspiracies, you know, involving like certain things like nine 11. We're like, yeah, this is, yeah. this is bread and butter yeah. for us. So we love yeah. it. Um, yeah. kind of switching gears here to, uh, you you mentioned that this was your favorite film. Let's talk about one that's not your favorite film. Um, no, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm totally <laughs> oh, kidding. God, no, I'm totally oh, no. kidding. I'm totally kidding. Let's uh, let's kind of switch gears here and talk about the void because that is the focal point of the episode. Because this is creature feature February, um, we are talking about the void today. And I know it's
0: not really a creature feature, but there's a lot of monsters. No, it there's a is, lot of this monsters. is 100 percent a creature feature, <laughs> and, but te- yeah. tentacles, some weird brain thing. <laughs> And, yeah. the, and the obvious, uh, straight. so did Stranger Things, like, come to you guys and be like, yo, we want to just completely <laughs> rip off this character for Vecna. I know.
2: I know. It's wild. I mean, there's only so much, I guess, you can do on top of a skinny person's body. Like, you know, and, like, degloved monsters is certainly, you know, it's not, Super original. It's not like the void was the first, but there's definitely like,
0: there's definitely
2: like they have to have seen
0: it, right? Yeah, like, like <laughs> there, there were certain points where I was like, this is a fucking one to one rip off of the void. Yeah, like yeah. voice, yeah. big long creepy fingers, interdimensional travel, like,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: they, yeah, they- I mean it's all kind of.
2: Drinking from the same well though I think you know there's a lot Of imagery that cycles through all this Like lovecraft stuff
1: Well yeah there's 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 and there's honestly Not a lot of like cosmic horror lovecraftian horror there there's plenty out there for sure but there's it's not like a saturated market of like oh i'm gonna pick from these hundreds of movies and it's a, more like i there's maybe 15 20 movies and a out lot there. of the
0: and a lot of them in my experience do like they'll they'll play with the idea of the cosmic horror but it ends up mm-hmm. like all not being real or all in their head Mm -hmm. or all some like idea. Whereas this, Mm -hmm. the void is just like, no, you want creepy interdimensional (laughs) shit. We're going to give you physical, creepy interdimensional shit.
1: Yeah. they. Yeah. 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 (laughs) At one point you push the, the big bad into the creepy unknown and end up in the creepy unknown. And you're like, all right, yeah so what the fuck so, so much fun yeah so um you know how does you know like you said you you executive produced the conspiracy you know you're you're and you acted in that one obviously you acted in this one you're the first you know top build in this so what was the experience like getting involved in the void did you like audition for this is this something that another person came to and you're like i, th- I you are the perfect person for this role like how did you get involved with uh with the void
2: this this one I was lucky enough to be offered. Um, it went through different iterations of budget and financing. You know, it's it, it, all over the world. It's difficult to make small films without stars. Right. Um, horror is one of the easier genres to finance without a star, and so I think that's how they could like get away casting me to lead. And they had some creature money built up with the crowdfunding. And then I think some private financing in order to get the film actually done. I I don't know what the final budget was, but it's not the purported like 80 grand you could read online, which is definitely like over a million bucks, maybe approaching two, two and a half. Wow. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, not to kill some of the online mythology around it, but I think we also have to be realistic about yeah. <laughs> you know what, what it costs <laughs> to put films together. Um, you know, it's very few that are made for internet. Um So they approached me, and then it was delayed, and I thought canceled the first time I was set to shoot it. And then they came back, and I was quite happy because I, I mean, what attracted me was this, it was like a survival horror, like single location. And the idea that I'd be running from actual monsters and not some green screen thing was really attractive and interesting. And I'd seen sort of what some of the principles had accomplished with the Astron 6 Collective and okay. just, yeah, I was totally I felt lucky to, to be invited.
0: So, and with with you mentioning actually being able to run away from, like, a, a real monster, one of my questions throughout this entire movie was, what is it like being around all of those, like, actual practical effects in the room? Well, there's a lot of people. Like, it's it's probably like being on Fraggle
2: Rock or The Muppet. Like, there's so many people involved <laughs> that it's, like, it's not... Actually scary in, in, in its, like, you know, between action and cut, it's obviously really, really cool, but there's hours and hours and hours that go up, not even into the sculpting, but into the, like, placing it there, getting, like, enough lube covering the tentacle for it to look gross. Um, you know, it's, it's super tricky and very technical. Interesting so wow. on
0: on that same yeah. subject were there any practical effects that did give you that kind of skin crawling like ooh I don't like being around that that <laughs> makes me uncomfortable Yeah I, I, I
2: thought that I mean each of them as I say between action and cut has something that is fucked up like there's just something about it that doesn't seem right and uh, but the Beverly Monster, I think, was one of my first encounters. It, it, I think, happened chronologically in the shoot schedule. And there was just something about her, like, kind of bloated, humanoid silhouette with these tentacles coming out of her that really bothered me. Like, like an overgrown, hunched old lady. And uh, I remember thinking on set that there was something about that was missing. And that was this kind of like the sense of smell. Like if you encountered something like that, it would be like rotting meat yeah. or, or guard, like a garbage, like a fetid <laughs> like garbage bag that you opened up by accident. And, uh, and so that was, that was, the, I think the Beverly monster made me realize that that would be uh, something that we could play with as well.
1: Yeah. That actually in the film, that is the first monster you encounter because, like I said, mm. I, I watched this last night. I've, watched, I've mm. watched it twice. So the so the first time I watched it this year is when I messaged you. I was like, oh, I found Aaron Poole on Instagram. Let me see if he wants to be on an episode. And then he answered back, and I was like, oh, shit. What the so fuck? Cool. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. So I watched it again last night to, to show Are you my- you guys
2: still there? I can't hear
1: you. Oh, hello? Hello? Uh-oh. Can you hear us? Chick, chick, chick. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. What happened? Hey, can you hear us? Oh, okay. There we go. I don't, I'm not sure what happened. I'm so sorry. Hello. That's okay. Just I, right after you said, let me see if he wants to be on an episode. That's, that's oh. the last thing I heard. No, yeah. I, I, I messaged you and I was like, let me see if he wants to be on an episode. And I was like, oh my God, he actually answered. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> now I'm freaking so out. Funny. Yeah, now I'm freaking out. Um, but... So I do have a question about your character itself. I was going to go a different way, but I completely forgot where I was going. No worries. Um, did you, <laughs> did, I, I didn't expect us to lose, uh, to lose signal there. I'm so sorry. Um, so, no so your character, did you like your character and and what um, was written for you? Like, like, would you be friends with your character? Because I wasn't I, saying like, I'd be friends with your character. Like, you seemed like you had a good head on your shoulders. And uh, what were you going to... You had something to say, Corey. Oh, yeah, no.
0: What I had asked uh, in the beginning, where it was kind of like you play that really straight, like... You just want to do your job as a cop and then you get into these situations and you can very well see on your face like, I don't want to fucking be a part of this nonsense (laughs) in this building. So it's it's an enjoyable character to watch. One of our things that we always complain about is, God damn it, I hated these fucking characters. They all deserve to die. I'm glad they died in this movie. Your character is yeah. one of the ones where you're like, yeah, I, I, I genuinely hope this guy survives. Yeah, like, like no, I, he did nothing wrong. Yeah. Nothing going on in this
1: movie right. is his fault. Yeah, wrong place, wrong yeah. fucking time, wrong. You know, like yeah, you
2: know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, like, truly, a series of unfortunate events for him. He doesn't doesn't really handle anything stupidly. Right, I think it's like relatively practical. Like he's not going down into a basement with a fucking wax candle. You know. <laughs> it's just- like so I, I would say yes, he I, he is somebody I'd be friendly with. Um, okay. I think the cliche not to judge your character is hold well generally for performance. And uh, yeah, it was I mean it was a lot of fun. It's tricky because there's not a ton of backstory for any of the characters. I mean, obviously there's sequences where we learn about tragedies for the individuals, but a lot of it was like, had to be co-created between um, you know, me and Kathleen about sort of the loss of our daughter. And um, we kind of had to fill in a lot of, a lot of the blanks.
1: Yeah. And, and... but it was fun. You know, yeah, I was gonna say it had to be a lot of fun because it's, it's so, it's such an ambiguous movie and you don't know a lot about what's going on. Like the cult, everybody out there in the fucking white trench coats with the, like, with the triangles on their face, you're like, who the fuck are you? Dr. Richards or, um, yeah, Dr. Richards, I'm pretty sure is yeah. what his name is. Yeah, he's the guy, the kind of mastermind behind all of this because he lost his daughter and he's trying to figure out a way to bring her back and he found something out there in the infinite knowledge that is the universe to to yeah. to bring her back and, you know, you're a part of this now and you were like, no, nah, I'm not having any part of this, to be honest, and you you, you got him in the neck with a fucking axe, you pushed him through into yeah. the void so I guess my uh, one of my, one of my other questions is: What is that? Is that just like an ethereal place that you got pushed into? Because, you know, you're with your wife in the movie at the end of the movie, and you're you're looking up at this giant pyramid. So is it? Uh uh-huh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, no, I mean, it luckily didn't that didn't happen halfway through the film because then I would have to have an answer <laughs> for that question. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, you but son because, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, you know, it's, that is definitely a horror beyond human imagination. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming some, yeah, dimensional space beyond human comprehension. I, I'd be surprised if either one of us would, uh, you know, last very long in, <laughs> in a space like that. i I'm, I'm surprised we could even breathe the air.
0: <laughs> so and and you mentioned something how with like specific details you and a couple other characters got to kind of fill in the blanks. On that mm-hmm. how much outside of like I guess the main story, how much did you guys get to just kind of improv on? I'm trying to remember that not a ton it became apparent to me that uh, uh,
2: I mean, the sort of boring part of shooting a film like this is that there's not, a, there's never enough time because there's never enough money. So when you have these massive scenes where, um, you know, Daniel father's character, the hunter, it comes into with a son and, and then the the addict who has woken up from a, a coma stabs the doctor and then Pentacles appear all in one scene. You realize that you have to shoot that in one day. Oh my god! And there's absolutely no sense of how. And and I'm I'm if I remember correctly, it's, it's in half a day that we had to shoot it. So we had to do something else in the morning or the afternoon. So to that end, the scripted lines are going to require some kind of embellishment because you have a roving camera. It's going to be shot like maybe I think from four or five different angles and we're going to run it like a play from start to finish cut before any time blood is meant to burst from somebody's neck or a tentacle is meant to appear through a door. And I, I don't know if I the sequence wow. of the plot exactly, but to that end, you're required to treat it like a one act play This extended moment with all these different pieces of drama. And so improv comes out of it naturally. So nothing expository, but certainly in terms of reaction, we were given the freedom, uh, very early on by the directors to to kind of add stuff like that. So you, you can, you can notice in those group scenes that there's stuff that feels a little bit more spontaneous. And, uh, often that's something that has been and provide.
0: Well, and that's one of the reasons why I feel like this movie hits so well is because a lot of it does feel like genuinely natural. Like there's there's ne- sure you've got the one hunter guy that's a little bit more action egregious than all the others. But for, for, <laughs> for the most part, like everyone, everyone acts very believably for the situation that they're in. So that's that's really cool,
1: yeah, I, I I agree with that because everyone just seems to be reacting to the situations as they come. No one has any idea, you know, as the characters, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. You've got people. yeah, you've got people outside and, you know, white Trent or white coats or whatever. you've got all these monsters that are just appearing from dead bodies because Beverly was a person at one point. She stabbed that guy yeah. in the eyes. She turned into this monster, the, you know, the doctor Richard, he was a person at one point, he came back to life. So uh, everyone's reactions in the movies just seem so genuine and natural. So it, it's fun to know that you did get a little bit of improvisational work there because I, I feel like I could tell what was improvisation and what was not, but it, it's not like, it's not like there's this big curtain that's dividing them. You're like, okay, like you guys are just obviously having fun with this movie and kind of, yeah. he, kind of you know, feeding off of each other, which, and that's one of my favorite scenes, honestly, is the whole scene where the hunter guy and his son come in looking for that meth head yeah. guy and everyone, you know, all the guys in the white cloaks are outside and, you know, you had just seen Beverly stab the guy in the eyeballs and like that the whole scene is just elevated and s- the score pumps up at that point too and you're just like i, I at that point i was like
0: i'm so anxious <laughs> I'm which like, speak, <laughs> w- which is funny because you mentioned uh when he sees Bev stab the guy the one of the things that i really really liked and this is a me thing is you as a cop character Drew your service weapon, one shot, and dropped the enemy. Most most of the time, (laughs) it's going to be like a two or (laughs) three shot, or they're just going to miss, and the character is going to get attacked. No, (laughs) it was like, oh, this is an actual cop. This is a threat. This this is this this, this was this was a cop in a movie who had training. Like, oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah 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 even the bubbling
1: deputy has trained <laughs> well and, I, and, I, and yeah. I love your first opening scene in the movie too of it which is like right after the small cold open where that lady gets set on fire it's you kind of leaning over in your cop car someone calls you on the radio and you're like i'm in a high-speed pursuit right now and i'm like no you're not <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you, you goober uh, and, then, and then and then you go take on you know you're like all right let me go do my job and then you come across the guy in the middle of the road wrong place wrong time take him to the hospital that's in the middle of fucking moving like the hospital. Shouldn't even be really accepting patients, but like, you know, they're in the middle of moving everything and you take them there and, not and then only everything are they, just unfolds. Not, not only are they not
0: accepting patients, there are three people working in the entire yeah. building <laughs> doing what I assume should take a cruise worth of people. So many people. And not even like a hired person. You've wrong. got one intern. You've
1: got one. Yeah. Ellen Wong, who actually played Knives in Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world. Which is hilarious yeah, that you got yeah. to work with her. That's all. That's amazing. So, and and I heard yeah. that this was shot. Uh, this was shot in an abandoned high school. Is yeah, that, that is that yeah. true? I think it is true. Yeah, and and I mean, God, talk about creepy
2: liminal spaces. The second floor had rooms where all of the children's desks, you know, with the seat and the desk attached, were piled in these weird kind of like human centipede like chains but like they would snake in spirals around the room like some sculpture and like just piled uh, into the room such that you couldn't even open the well couldn't get in once you'd open the door so like it was this weird place that had been left for dead and then eventually got torn down i think within six months of
1: production completely okay so did anything like spooky happen while you were there like besides the movie obviously did anything like spooky happen uh, I don't know how much I want to get into my own... No, no, you're fine. No, no. ...mental experiences. No, no, it no.
2: definitely... It was basically... It was an intense period. Okay. When you're asked to ha- handle that much responsibility yeah. in such a focused amount of time... I mean, if you play Mario Kart too long, when you lay down to sleep, you see everything <laughs> over and over and over again in your head. So if you're killing all day, if you're focused on the same... Four minutes of time space for 14 hours when you close your eyes at night to try to get some sleep, you stuff starts to happen, okay. and cumulatively over three weeks, it was definitely bizarre. So, in that environment, that kind of mental state, in that environment, you definitely start to experience. It. Okay, I'll leave it at that.
1: Okay, <laughs> no, no, that, that,
0: that, no, that, that's, that's totally fine, <laughs> and I, then, I accept that. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Yeah. <laughs> because it was an abandoned school, did y'all, like, go through the proper channels and, like, get permission to be there? Or was it a little oh. bit more guerrilla tactics where somebody went out, found the location, we're like, yo, we're doing this?
2: <laughs> yeah, if the, if the movie had been made for 80 grand, we would have done the guerrilla tactics <laughs> for sure. But because this was, like, legit crew of, I don't know, guys. 30 to 50 people, wow. um, on the big, on the big days. And we were, you know, sleeping in hotels and stuff like that in this town. We, we, we had to get insurance and permission. Okay. And the crew had been in there, I think a couple weeks beforehand, you know, cr- creating these sets, like turning, turning like the wing of uh, high school into hotels.
1: So we had. Oh, so wait. So, OK, so was so was the movie basically all in the high school? Like, did, did you guys film anywhere mm-hmm. else? It was all in the high school. It I think the
2: only other location might have been the cold open.
1: Um, OK, yeah. At, at the house for sure. Yeah,
2: I, I, I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't shoot anywhere else other than potentially my first scene on the side of the road. I can't remember where that took. Wow. Me.
1: And you guys but, were all um, living like you guys were all living on location too?
2: So we were
1: on, we were living down the road. It, there's this um this town
2: called Sault Ste Marie in northern Ontario that okay. is right on the Michigan border. Okay. And uh, so we shot there. And okay. um yeah I can't remember the name of the high school that we were shooting at, but But that's where we stayed. And I mean, my dressing room, instead of having like a trailer or something like that, was an old classroom covered with chalkboards. And so it was just me in this classroom with a couple lamps, a couch, and chalkboards. (laughs) It
1: was Wow. So did you you find that, (laughs) did did you find it easier to kind of, was it easier to film on like all one location, I assume, as opposed to like a whole bunch of, okay, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it really contributed to that kind of
2: house of horrors feel like that. Like I said, it's like a survivalist horror with practical effects. So You never know where the sort of where the monster is going to pop out of and you're completely immersed the whole time. And you don't have to like interface with the mechanisms of, of production. <laughs> you're just in your classroom. You're called to set and there's blood everywhere and they put an axe in your hand and strobe lights and it's very uh yeah immersive that was
1: actually one of my favorite (laughs) scenes too another one is when uh when the uh when you are coming around the corner with a huge axe, and I think it's Beverly's character who's now this huge monster, and there's this yeah. there's this light hanging down that's reflect like flickering, and the, the hunter and his son are just axing this thing to shit. And you come around the corner and you're yeah. like, What is happening? It's one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Now, I guess my last question here for me at least, I don't know if Corey is anymore, but do you actually do you watch your own movies? Because I know some you know some actors don't really watch do you do you watch like the finished product i i if
2: i do it's now after my experience with the void um it's now in private so i'll watch a link at home but i watched the void for the first time in front of a toronto crowd i think it was the toronto after dark festival or something but it was a huge stadium theater with i don't know like 800 people like i actually i can't remember how many people it's a big theater it was nice. the first time i'd seen it and um and yeah it's just I, I, you know natural and vulnerabilities performers like it's just it, it was it's too much to experience a, a film for the first time in front of a crowd that big for me so okay. the answer is i do sometimes watch my own stuff but now it's in private for the first time
1: no, that makes sense. I, I would, I could totally understand that. Like, see, yeah, seeing it for the first time in front of all those people, yeah, that that would give me anxiety as well. Yeah, it's like yeah. I
0: don't, I don't turn on our podcast and listen to it with other people. No, I listen I, yeah. to it. By well, myself. And that's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: you like the thing is, like, I'm, I'm. It's a part like watching something for the first time or listening to it is a part of the, the process of making, creating. Right. You're like looking at what you did successfully, what you didn't, and to then get up on stage immediately and do a Q and A and go to a party is like a nightmare yeah <laughs> you know like if i've had no processing time it could be it can be its own kind of worst.
1: Year. Yeah. No. I. I that. The, yeah. I understand that as someone who suffers from anxiety on a daily basis. Yeah. That would be a nightmare for me as well. You know. That would be a lot yeah. of, of of you know talking to people and yeah. stuff like
2: that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, obviously, a lot of people would hear that and just like, well, like, know, cry crying a river,
1: you know, buddy, you're in a film,
2: like, just be happy. And there is that perspective too. So I, I generally don't share that. But yeah.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? It, no. It, yeah. I appreciate yeah, I appreciate all your honesty and all all just you've been you've been yeah. an amazing guest. Corey, is there any other questions you have for Mr. Aaron Poole?
0: Nope, that was that was the last question. Your question was oh, the question I was gonna ask. Perfect. So. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, alright, so we're Well, hit- thanks a lot, guys, that was a lot of
2: fun
1: Yeah, Um. go ahead and stay on the call here Aaron, if you have anywhere that um People should follow you at, like Instagram Facebook, if you'd like to say What your handle is, you, you can do that Now, if not, then that's fine
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're Into that kind of thing, I'm on Instagram And Twitter slash X as Aaron's Ghost
1: Aaron's Ghost, perfect Yes that is where I found you at Instagram. Hit you up, and you you hit me back, and I was like, "Oh my god, this never happens." I'm I, What do I do? Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna outro the uh, in, uh, I'm gonna outro the intro. I'm gonna outro the show here. So just stay on the call so we can thank you once we're done. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Again. Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher App, at Frightmares Podcast. You can also follow me personally on Letterbox at Doctor Proctor uh, Corey. You are Frightmares Corey. Our email is StaySpooky at outlook.com. Uh, this will end Creature Feature February Next month we are doing March Flanagan Which is going to be all Mike Flanagan movies From the director himself So until then, stay
0: tuned and stay spooky, motherfucker.